Hello everyone and welcome to the RPG Backtrack. This is our end of the 2008 year edition and we're doing something special today since we are the RPG Backtrack. We can't really do awards for 2008 because, you know, that's a little too current. So we're going back in time a couple years to the year 2006. The reason we selected 2006 for kind of year-end wrap-up best-of awards is it is kind of like a dark shadow in RP Gamer history where for some reason we have no record of awards for that year. And there were plenty of great games that came out that time. So figured we might as well make the best of it. With us today, as always, we have our editor, recorder, head of new updates, Mr. Jonathan Self, a.k.a. Nice. Say hello, Jonathan. Hello. I need to stop telling you to just say hello. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, I thought I'd be brief. That's all right. Also, back with us today, after a one-month absence, is uh, a staff reviewer, Mr. Glenn Wilson, a.k.a. Seventh Circle. I'm back in my apartment and out of hotels, and hence I can be here again. Excellent. And with us again, or with us for the first time today, is a special guest who is also a staff member, too, our head of points of view section, or review head, and staff reviewer, and... Maniac staff reviewer who can review things faster than anybody else in the world, it seems like. Mr. Adrian Denauden, a.k.a. Omegabyte. Hey, everyone. So, we have an epic four-person cast for the first time ever. All right. So, as we end this year of 2008, you know, there were a ton of games that came out in 2008. I don't know about you all, and I guess, yeah, I think it's officially stopped now with just about a week left in the year. We have had... Oh, so many games. And looking at the list of games from 2006, it doesn't look like there was as many, but there was still a heavy amount of games that came out in 2006 as well. So we were just going to kind of start at the top. And in this case, the top of the list is with a couple of the Nintendo handheld games. We've got the Nintendo DS to start with. Why don't... um, Glenn, why don't you start us off with a rundown of which of the games on this list you've given a shot. I played True to Ruin, Contact, Rocket Slime, and Final Fantasy III. And I did not finish Portrait of Ruin. I got to I got to the final boss. Is it a spoiler to say the final boss was like Dracula? So I got to Dracula. <laughs> and uh, I think I beat him and got the bad ending, and then didn't I didn't enjoy it a whole lot. I, I liked Dawn of Sorrow a lot more. I just didn't feel like messing with the game more to do whatever secret stuff you had to do to get the good ending. So I consider it not completed, because the bad endings in Castlevania aren't really the real endings. But I did finish Contact and Rocket Slime and Final Fantasy III. Okay. So there's a couple on that list. All right. What about you, Adrian? Uh, I played Final Fantasy III, Lost Magic, and Pokemon Ranger off of that list, although the only one I actually completed was Pokemon Ranger. Okay. Well, I guess for the sake of this, we don't have to go into... If, if you played enough of it to be able to be a judge, since these are you know kind of unofficial awards, we're just kind of giving our opinions on them. At least we can talk about each of these. And I, I don't want to embarrass you, Jonathan. I know you said you haven't played much. Any of the DS stuff on there have you given a shot? I have played Children of Mana. Okay. That's it. Well, that's all right. <laughs> so we've got, a, we've got a good bit of coverage. I played just a tiny bit of Children of Mana. Not enough to really say anything at all about it. Enough uh, to quickly turn off the DS and throw away the game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was rented, so I sent it back pretty quickly. 
Um, also played uh, Rocket Slime, Final Fantasy three, and I think that's it. I completed both of those though. What would you say would probably be your highlight for the for this section out of the the best DS game, uh, Adrian? Where would you? Uh, well, I'd say it's the only one I completed, Pokemon Ranger. Uh, I had an absolute blast with Pokemon Ranger. It's uh, had an extremely original concept behind it. I mean, it, this is a, this is a Pokemon game, and it was original, and that well, that's mind blowing right there. That's unique enough, right there. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, one of the great the the it, it takes a totally different take on the Pokemon system, where instead of capturing these little Pokemon and enslaving them. You befriend them and get them to help you once, and then let set them free again. And uh, I had a great use of the DS touchscreen. It was an extremely innovative little title, and uh, was actually recently sequeled this year, which I also played and recently finished. Excellent. So Pokemon Ranger beats out anything else that you played on the DS. Is you know just I guess the uniqueness factor of that does sound interesting. Um, Looking at all the games on the list, there's, you know, just about what ten or eleven on here. None of them really seem to be deep in the term in terms of storyline, anyways. So, I guess you know when you're at the DS, you've got to be unique as far as gameplay goes and all of that stuff. This was like year one DS, wasn't it, or was this year, year two? I mean, the first two. couple of years of the DS didn't really have much to marvel over. So the fact that we uh, can name a few that were decent is, you know, probably pretty good for the DS. They didn't start pumping out quality stuff until later. Yeah, that's that's true. What would, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what would you say, Glenn? What was your highlight for the year? I liked Final Fantasy III a lot, and I think it, it may have had a lot to do that when I got to the hellaciously ridiculous final boss encounter, I beat it on my first try. Most of the people I talked to who got the end of that game, I mean. It, it angered me because I like I thought, well, I'll just beat the final boss and then fall asleep. I was playing in bed and I kind of budgeted myself about half an hour, and then the end game of Final Fantasy III is completely absurd, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I stayed up late that night. <laughs> but I liked Final Fantasy III a lot. It was the first time I'd played Final Fantasy III, of course, and I, know, I mean, I thought it was a good game, solid, old school, well done. I, the graphics didn't bother me. Like the people who uh, hate on Final Fantasy III and 4DS, I, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, hideous DS 3D is abrasive at first, and you kind of get used to it. But I liked Rocket Slime a lot, too. Rocket Slime is a great game. It was a game I, I never would have played it. It looked terrible. But I had a friend who played it and liked it a lot, whose opinion I think a lot of. So, yeah, I mean, I gave it a shot. Really liked Rocket Slime and really liked Final Fantasy III. The other ones I played, I already said what I thought of Portrait of Ruin. And I reviewed Contact. I think I gave it a 3 out of 5. It was, I mean, it was kind of it was a quirky... Middle of the road score. No. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a quirky, not incredibly fun game. I mean, it was funny because it was weird, but not very fun to play. Gotcha. Well, going back on those, I can kind of touch base with um, Final Fantasy three as well. That's the out of this list. It's the only one that I played and completed in two thousand six. Um, you know, because being the fanboy that I was, I decided I wanted to play Final Fantasy III for the first time legitimately, other than, you know, trying to emulate it, which I did years ago and didn't really progress very far, just to say that I had played it and knew about it. So, I really enjoyed the job system. You know, I, I was hoping 
with the complete remake and the new characters that you'd get more than just a personality with them. But, you know, it turned out just to be classic Final Fantasy III. They really did do a good job of just remaking it with a little bit more life to it and some balance in there. They just, like, gave them names, right? Like, that that was their plot upgrade. Yeah, they had names and a little bit of personality at the very beginning, and that was it. And after a while, you you know, you were just grinding just like you were in Final Fantasy One, just to get through. And this was the thing. Had I reviewed, had I played this and scored this in 2006, it would have been my top game, too. But this year, I picked up Rocket Slime, just like you were talking about. It was something that I was like... I have no interest in this whatsoever. And I'll say right now, I'm not a big Dragon Quest fan either. I've tried to play all of them that have been released in the U.S. so far and have not been a a huge fan. I don't hate the games, but I've just not been drawn to them like I have been other games. So when I picked up Rocket Slime, it was really addictive. I would say it's by far my most, the most entertaining DS game on this list for 2006 for me, just because there was so... It was so unique in that you could do, you know, this little touchscreen smack the, the slime the across it. Made the game. Like a yeah. giant tree called, like, Chrono Twigger that attacks people. I mean, come on. The game was nonstop puns. I thought it was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, the humor in it was great. You know, the, the story really was just kind of tongue-in-cheek. It was really laid back, nothing epic. But it was, like you said, the, the humor that was included in it was what made it really good. And... You know, the gameplay was solid enough. It was unique enough to where it really stood out, and it was something I could enjoy. So, so it sounded like a really dumb premise. I mean, you're a slime. All you can do is one attack, and then enemies fly in the air, and you can catch them on your head. And that's it. That's all you do all game. So, uh, <laughs> Well, no, the tank, the tank battles is what really kicked in and really made it fun for me. Is like, But, yeah, the premise of it, of just being a slime that, just stretches across the screen, smacks enemies, picks them up, throws them, you know, and that being your own main action throughout the game, it does make sense. Yeah, that was what surprised me, was how fresh and fun it stayed, considering that your combo attack is only one hit, and you get it at the very beginning of the game, (laughs) then you have to play an entire action RPG. It just surprised me by how good it was. Mm -hmm. But I, I really did like the tank battles that you could get into, pick up the you know, all kinds of weapons throughout the stages, and then when you got into the tank battles, you could, you know, you had little slimes that would help you out and do different things, and you were supposed to throw stuff into your turrets, and it would fire out and shoot at the other tanks. Most of the time, I would just infiltrate the other tank and, like, destroy them while my own team was doing the, you know, the firing, so I could keep the other tank from destroying me. So it was fun, and it was it was my pick for the DS Game of the Year. So, I guess, Jonathan, would you say Children of Mana was even worth considering for it, since that was the only one that you played, or would you just pretty much say it was kind of a big letdown of the year? Uh, it was better than the other Mana games, but <laughs> it's, not, not, it's probably not worth mentioning in any sort of recognition of any sort of best of the year or anything. But it wasn't horrible. I mean, it got a little bit boring after the same over time, because all the dungeons were somewhat randomly generated, and it was just the same thing over and over again, but uh, it was way better than the horrible, horrible Dawn of Mana game, so I guess I had that going for it. <laughs> yeah, that's not saying much, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, I mean, I didn't, haven't reviewed it, but if I did, it'd, it'd be like maybe a two and a half, three, it wouldn't be horrible. I mean, it's not like a one or anything. But be so, painful, nonetheless. Yeah, solid mediocre. 
Okay. Well, that looks like the, you know, the DS rundown. There are a few other games on there that, you know, a couple, uh, like a Harvest Moon, uh, Magical Star Sign, uh, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, I guess the Blue Team, Blue Rescue Team, Towns Adventure. Adrian, you said you played Lost Magic? I played about 10 hours of it. It was a rather weird game. It was almost like a real-time strategy, actually. And, uh... It, it showed some promise, but I kind of lost interest in it pretty quickly. It got too annoying. I ended up putting it down. Yeah, I just I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who's played it before. I can't remember. Is that the game you had to draw <laughs> little things in it? Or I'm thinking of some other DS game, like little. Yeah, you, you draw little symbols to yeah. cast spells. Uh, it was developed by Ubisoft, although it wasn't it wasn't really that great a game. Mm. <sighs> well. That gives us a good rundown of the DS. Sorry, I got a mouthful of pizza right now. Mm, um, there was another Nintendo handheld that was still alive and going strong back in 2006, though, and that was the Game Boy Advance. Um, let me give uh, Jonathan a chance to redeem himself. I know he's played at least one of the games on this list. What did you think about the GBA in 2006? One of the games? Um, it was good. Of what I played of it was good. I played um I played some of Yggdra Union. Yggdra? Yggdra? I'm not exactly sure how that's supposed to be pronounced, but uh and while I didn't get to play that port, I have played Final Fantasy No five? Yeah, I've played Final Fantasy five before, I believe. Okay. <coughs> so what about you, Glenn? It's, it's have har- you played in it's hard for what me would to remember. I'm oh, sorry. It's hard for me to remember some of these things because that was right at the end of my World of Warcraft stint, so uh Oh, I know the feeling. That was pretty much the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> I had ended mine a year before that, so uh, I guess that was helpful. <laughs> Got a little bit fresher perspective on this year. But then again, looking back at this list, I have only played Final Fantasy V Advance, and I played a little bit of Yggdra Union on the GBA. I completed it on the PSP this year, but I'd only played a little bit on the GBA. So I guess if I had to rate these out of ones that I had any experience with, I'd have to say my experience was best with Final Fantasy V Advance. And I think that V Advance was probably one of the best renditions of Final Fantasy V to date. A little easier than the others, though. Uh, it did have some you know, pop culture references in there and... <sighs> You know, it was still classic Final Fantasy V. They added some new job classes in there, which is really what it's all about. That was a good thing. What about you, Glenn? Did you have any good experiences with the GBA in 06? Same as you two. I played Final Fantasy V and I played Idria Union. And I think you guys know, but Idria Union is still one of my favorite tactics games. One of of only two or three games I've ever bought a port of. Like, I've already bought and finished the Idria Union PSP. So I played it on GBA and I played it on PSP, and I really love it. I think, like, Ogre Battle 64 and Tactics Ogre are probably the only other strategy, Japanese strategy games I would put up with Yggdra Union. I thought I thought it was a really good game. And as for Final Fantasy V, I liked it. I mean, I'd never played it before. I didn't play the horrible PlayStation version of it. Be glad. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't an accident. So I liked it. I liked it as kind of a lost Final Fantasy that's kind of one of the things about this year too. Is Final Fantasy three and Final Fantasy five, you know, were the two Final Fantasies I'd never played before, and this let me play both of them with those ports. And it was kind of sad that then I ran out of Final Fantasies to play. But it was nice. It was nice going back and playing something that felt 
a lot like Final Fantasy 4 and 6 that I liked, but was kind of a new experience. So, but uh, I definitely like Idre Union more. Yeah, and, you know, having played both versions of Idre Union, can you say that uh, the GBA version, I know it was supposed to be harder because it was the equivalent of the hard mode that you unlock on the PSP version. Anything that really stood out about the GBA version over the PSP version? No, not at all. Just being able to do fast speed during battle, that alone makes the PSP version infinitely better than the GBA version. Not having to watch those slow battles play out over again. I think my playtime in the PSP version was about 20 or 30 hours less, just based off being able to do battles quickly. Now, by the fast battle thing, do you mean like you hold down a button and something scrolls by quicker? Like, it's uh, better than that. You just push it once, and then it scrolls by really quickly. Oh, that's nice. You don't have to hold it. <laughs> we'll give a... Here's a brief example of how Yggdra Union battles work. You have, when you actually get into a, a is it a Union conflict? What? Sure. They, they called it Unions, I think. Yeah. So when you're in a Union conflict between your two sides, you have a set number of units with a leader on your side and a set number of units with a leader on the enemy side. And, you know, there's weapon triangles and, you know, different... Uh, you know, different weapon types do different things, and different cards that you use give you different skills depending on what you've used that turn. But here's what takes forever is you, you know, you're basically just bashing each other until the numbers reach zero and one side's completely dead. And with GBA version, that took forever because you'd just sit and watch them kind of hack at each side and hacking each other to death, and you'd start with eight people and you'd end up with nothing. So being able to push the one button on the PSP version to speed it all the way through really was nice. So I can't imagine being played through the GBA version because it's it's challenging enough <laughs> on the PSP version for me, and it was dumbed down from the GBA version. So anybody that's completed the GBA version, more power to you because you've done something that I couldn't. Which you know pretty much a lot when of people I, I'm sure. When have. I played it, I was on vacation in Hawaii and then Florida, so I was kind of in a laid back, patient kind of mood. So it didn't bother me. But yeah, I played I played either Union GBA in Hawaii and Florida while I was chilling out. So I, I, I had uh, things to look at and time to relax and didn't mind that <laughs> it took a long, long time for battles to play out. That's good. Nice and relaxed for you. What about you, Adrian? Did you have any good experiences or bad experiences for the GBA in 06? I've honestly only played one of the games on this list. Uh, I played about ten hours or so of Tales of Fantasia. And I love the Tales series. I've... Uh, it's a great series. I started playing it with this Tales of Symphonia uh, when it came out on the GameCube a, few, a couple of years back, and uh, I've played every game that's come out for it since. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tales of Fantasia is extremely old school as far as the gameplay goes. Uh, it's it is an action RPG, but it almost feels like a turn-based game in the way that the battles are laid out. So, really? Uh, yeah, it's bizarre, actually. Um, when you click the attack button, your character runs from one side of the screen over to the other screen, hits the enemy a couple of times, and then runs back to where he was before. So it, it's almost like a turn-based game in that in that manner, in that you're going back and forth across the screen over and over again, hit and run tactics. Sounds slow. It's, it's very, it was very, very different from uh, the other Tales games I've played, and uh, eventually I just sort of got a little bored of it, and ended up putting it down. I do want to pick it up again and finish it, but because uh, it was it was fun and the story was interesting enough. But uh, it was it was okay, all things considered. But the later Tales games definitely 
enhanced the formula a lot. Yeah, compared to the other Tales games, it's not really a standout. Because this was a remake. Or well, actually, it was more of a port. It GBA. Was like a, yeah. It, had, it was the first English translation for it, and uh, yeah, it was basically a port from the Super Nintendo. Okay. And it just how, didn't seem... How would you say it ranks among the other Tales games? Just in general, uh, I'm going to go more into Tales in later. general... But. Hard to say, really. Um, I know a lot of people think it's one of the best Tales games. A lot of people think it's subpar. It all depends on what you're used to, I suppose. Which kind of, st- which style you like. A lot of people like that 2D combat, whereas I, I prefer the 3D combat that they've created recently. It seems like so. the Tales series is so <clears throat> broad. You know, it's a lot like the Final Fantasy series, except yeah, it has evolved a lot. Exactly like the Final Fantasy series, it's changed a lot. Yeah, you can't compare like Final Fantasy three and you know Final Fantasy ten and really say, oh yeah, these are the same, these are the same. So you, it's just the same as like Tales of Fantasia and Tales of Vesperia. You know, there's exactly. there's similarities there's... in there, but you know, it's not apples to apples really. Yeah, it's um, uh, it, it it's exactly like playing. Say say you played Final Fantasy ten and then later on went back and actually I'm sure you've actually done this. Uh... Michael uh, went back and played Final Fantasy One. It's right. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's uh, the gameplay has evolved a lot. It's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot more improved. And while those games were really good for their time, they don't hold up as well as they could. Right. Well, anything else on the GBA versions or the GBA games? There's a few in there that I'm ashamed to say that I don't. I guess yeah, Jumei Sin is going to be cringing a lot when he listens to the GBA <laughs> part, since none of us have played any of uh, the Super Robot Tyson games. Right. Original <laughs> Generation 1 and 2 apparently came out in 2006, along with the Summonite Swordcraft Story 1 and 2. That's which... actually an interesting one there, because I'm kind of interested in playing those after playing uh, Summonite Twin Age. Yeah, these are the these two were kind of a spinoff from the main Summonite series. They're action RPGs, and from what I've heard people talk about, they are comparable to Tales-style games because, you know, you've got <clears throat> kind of the 2D combat on a just a, a basic plane, and it's just action combat style for those two, where the other Summonite games before it were strategy RPGs. And then Summonite Twin Age was kind of a unique action RPG along with that, but... You know, those are two I'd really like to get a chance to play, but I don't really know if I could go back and enjoy a GBA game as much as I once would now. I don't know if it's gone too far to where I can't really get as much fun out of it. Aw. Well, if it's 2D, <laughs> it shouldn't be too bad. 2D age as well. That's good. But yeah, the Super Robot Tyson games, I wish I could say I'd played those. I really do. I so wish despite I could the fact that none of us have played them, we can declare wholeheartedly that Adria Union was the best GBA game of 2006. <laughs> I'm a big fan I think of, so. I'm a big fan of Sting. I mean, I've all, I haven't got to play Knights of Nightmare yet, but, you know, from just Riviera and Yggdra, I, they might be one of my favorite new developers, so, I mean... And Baroque. Baroque was nice, too, if you like Punishment. Right. <laughs> I might have to try to dig up the they old did, one sometime. They did Dokapon Kingdom, too, so I don't know where that makes you I haven't tried stand it yet, I don't have anybody to play it with, so... I haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> I actually picked that one up. Uh, I've got relatives coming over for Christmas, and I was hoping to try to pick that up with some of them, see if we can get a little craziness going on. That's relatives nice. you hate, or... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say this much. I picked it up. I've been playing the Wii version with my wife, and she'll play, and 
you know, she's not a hardcore gamer by any means, but, you know, she does game occasionally. So I was able to get her in there, play. She created a little character, and you can go into the story mode and play through that. And she enjoyed it for a little while, but she kept getting mad that she kept getting killed. And that kind of frustrated her. So she wanted something a little more, I don't know. It seems like it is accessible for non-gamers, but still not Mario Party accessible for party-style games. But hopefully maybe, you know, Adrian, you'll have fun with your family playing it. Or maybe they won't hate you, at least, after you're done. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> All right, so that wraps up the Nintendo handhelds. Moving on to, well, it's kind of really sad to touch on the next two things for Nintendo. We've got the GameCube and the Wii. And if I could just list real quick, the, the Wii's a little further down this list, but listed on there is Twilight Princess. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And for the GameCube, we've got Fighting Kaito's Origins and Harvest Moon Magical Melody. Anybody played Harvest Moon? Nope. Nope. Good. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just pretend that never happened. What about Fighting <laughs> Kaito's? I played about two hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> and turned it off because it was horrible? or No, I turned it off because I got bored and wanted to play something else. It, it wasn't hor- it wasn't horrible. I just didn't have a lot of time. I was basically killing a couple hours, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it seemed like it was definitely an improvement over the first Bait and Kato's, which had innumerable problems. Not the least of which was some of the most atrocious voice acting I've ever heard in my life. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard bad stuff about that first one. I haven't heard much about Origins at all. It's it's a prequel to the first one. Everything I've heard about it says that it's a lot better than the first game was. Uh, they simplified the combat, which is something I noticed right away, mm-hmm. and I definitely like that. They got rid of the whole defense thing, which was a load of crap, and completely ridiculous in the first game, which is definitely a, a point in its favor. So if I ever get a chance, which is unlikely considering how many games are coming out now, yeah, no kidding. and how many I, have to, I end up playing, is uh, I'll probably never actually get a chance to go back to it. But if I ever do, I think I'll probably enjoy it. Okay, so not bad, just it wasn't enough to really make you stick with it compared to other oh, stuff that was out. it was more that I had other stuff coming, and I was just bored for two hours one day. Gotcha. Anybody else played it? Not I haven't. Nope. No. I passed on it because I heard that it... I, I thought the gameplay wasn't as good as the original. I liked the original, mostly for the battle system. Mm-hmm. So the changes I read in Origins, the things they improved were things I didn't care about, and then the changes they made to the battle system didn't sound as fun to me, so I never picked it up. Okay. So nothing really on that end. Uh, so yeah, that, and I that's... played a Twilight Princess on the GameCube before, not the Wii. Okay. And I think that's the only reason we don't have it listed, because I believe the GameCube Actually, version did come out in 07. Yeah, yeah, it came, it came out, out in like January 07 or something like that. Yeah, we can still talk about it. Let's still talk about Twilight Princess. It doesn't matter which version. What are your thoughts? Who here has played Twilight Princess? Glenn? I played it on the Wii. I played it, okay. I played it on the Cube. I played a little bit on the Wii. I played it on the Wii as well. Um, and I guess, you know, anybody that was getting a Wii there at the start in 2006... Yeah, it was kind of the game to get, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It was, yeah, that was it. Uh, there wasn't. Yeah. I mean, if you had a GameCube, you've been waiting for it forever. And if you had a Wii, you had nothing else to play. So <laughs> everyone played it. Oh, come on. Wii Sports RPG. And Elibits no. was supposed to be a launch title, but they pushed it back a little bit. So 
Is that the one where you, like, little things that make electricity and you have mm-hmm. to point at them? Really fun game, actually. Yeah. You go around destroying your parents' house. Basically. <laughs> Picking up cars and throwing them across the level. Yeah. But needless to say, there wasn't much out on the Wii at the time, so... Yeah. Just, just taking that, you know, totally out of the perspective, what did you think about Twilight Princess, Jonathan? Uh, I probably didn't play much more than an hour and a half. Not because it's a bad game, but, you know, I turned it on and started playing it, and I thought, do I really need to play another Zelda game? And that's about when I turned it off. I mean, you know, it's practically the same thing over again, except for the wolf part. Amen. Yeah, I just don't, I, you know, (laughs) I don't have the energy for that anymore. (laughs) That was exactly my thought. I, I beat the game, but I was so disappointed by it. It did nothing new. I felt like I was... I mean, I just, I felt like me and a couple friends, if you told me, take Link to the Past, take Ocarina of Time, and just combine the two in a new game, that's what I would have made. There was no creativity there. I think you could have given a bunch of elementary school students a blank notepad and come up with more new ideas than they put into that entire game. It was good. It was like classic, good, uncreative Zelda action, but I was really disappointed that they didn't do anything new with it. It just, it felt so safe. Like, I guess after Wind Waker... Yeah, it's I, I guess, game. It's well, they did things with Wind Waker, and then Wind Waker, I, I guess, bombed for a Zelda game. So then the result was Twilight Princess, where they did like Ocarina of Time did a lot of new things. Link to the Past did a lot of new things. I kind of I don't want the Zelda Princess was to become the same game over and over. Well, Twilight Princess was almost in a way a remake of Ocarina of Time, and that's actually one of the things I liked about it. It, it was easily the most fun I had with the Zelda game since Ocarina of Time. Uh, just because I love the I love the game plan, Ocarina of Time. I love the style and uh, how everything worked out. And I thought Twilight Princess was just basically an enhanced version of that experience. It was uh, amazing com- sword combat. The sword combat was incredibly well done. Uh, the shield controls weren't as good as uh, Ocarina of Time, but uh, that's just one minor gripe among a whole bunch of awesomeness. Well, this is one thing I'm curious about. Since Glenn, you only played the GBA ver- or the GameCube version, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. Did you really like uh, Adrian? Did you like the, you know, the motion controls? It wasn't you know like one to one motion control, but did you like the controls that the Wii offered on Twilight Princess? I did. I thought it actually offered something. The Wii controls actually offered something different that uh, Ocarina of Time wasn't able to offer, and that's almost a twitch reactionary response to something like if uh one thing that zelda games have always done i've always found it amusing is when an enemy just pops out of you out of nowhere and just hits you from behind or whatever suddenly jumps out in front of you and you have to react really quickly and uh one of the first things you might do when you react like that is just jump shake your arm or something like that and uh that causes you to attack it's almost an instinctual motion and it makes the sword play feel a lot more natural like that. I'll agree with that completely because I thought if I had just played it on the GameCube with none of the motion controls, I would have thought exactly the way Glenn did that it was, you know, it because it really was overall the overall package was rather uninspired. There was, you know, the dungeon themes were not very unique. It still followed the same <clears throat> linear version of Zelda where you have to go here, here, here and then here. But the the motion controls though not perfect and they did kind of seem tacked on but they did help you know it was it was enough to where i was like if they could do this from the ground up instead of saying okay we've got 
a game we can tack on some motion controls to and flip over, com- do a complete flip over to where we can actually port it out to people that are right-handed since Link's left-handed. Um, I hey, thought- <laughs> I'm left-handed. <laughs> well, like, good thing you played the GameCube version then. Freaks, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the motion control too. I thought using the bow and arrow and stuff was, it was really cool. It was easy to use. It didn't require a whole lot of – I felt it was more precise for me, somebody that doesn't have really good you know, thumb reflexes for aiming. You know, That's why I don't play first-person shooters. So I liked being able to just you know, aim on screen with the bow. I, I felt it was a little – Actually, the, the bow was interesting, actually, because it felt uh, – you could aim faster, but you couldn't aim as accurately. That was one of the things. <laughs> I, I, could, I could shoot off my horse with ease. I could hit anything I wanted with – ease using the Wii Remote, uh, just firing really quickly, firing at something as fast as I could, but if I wanted to, say, shoot a bat out of the air from uh, 50 paces, I would always miss. <laughs> Did the hand-holding so, of that game bother you guys at all? I just, I felt like throughout it, like even in the dungeons, the camera would always zoom in on exactly what you had to do. I just, I thought the hand-holding was a little annoying. I kind of want to explore and find stuff for myself in Zelda games. That was something that it did kind of me down in, and <clears throat> I guess looking back on the Zelda games, it was probably, it was a good experience for me because I did enjoy it, but you're right. It really was, it was very linear and the hand-holding was there completely. So it didn't really jump up above, you know, Link to the Past and Wind Waker, which are the two that I enjoy more. I, I absolutely didn't like Ocarina of Time at all, so I don't know why I didn't like it. So it's interesting that that's why Adrian liked Twilight Princess is because it reminded him of Ocarina of Time, so... Ocarina haters can go suck an egg. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't like it. I just didn't enjoy the the whole experience. The last the boss battle was great, but oh, I thought sure, yeah. I think I hated the dungeons. That was just something. Maybe it was too confusing for me. Maybe I just suck and was no good at it. <laughs> so the one the one thing I really loved about the game, though, uh, more than anything else, was Midna. I thought she was probably the most interesting character the Zelda series has ever introduced. And that's not saying much. That's fair. Yeah, all things considered. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. The Zelda series hasn't really introduced a lot of interesting (laughs) characters, but... Navi was legitimately interesting. What about Navi? You don't like Navi? Hey! Hey! Listen! Listen! But... Oh, well. Whoever just did that, wow. <laughs> when, I, but, yeah. when, I, when I want to bug my wife, I start just buzzing around her screaming, Hey! Hey! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you better watch out. She might pull out her master sword and kill you. <clears throat> so. All right, so that that really sums up Nintendo's console stuff. You know, the, the GameCube was really a black hole for RPGs because there was next to nothing for it. Poor system. And it looked like the Wii was going to follow suit, but it looks like it's picked up a whole lot more here recently. So, you know, maybe in two more years when we look back on <clears throat> two years behind then, which would be now. Never mind. <sighs> yeah. Time paradox. Sorry. So that wraps up the Nintendo consoles. <laughs> One thing I uh, want to move on to real quick, and I don't think any of us really have a big experience for because it seems to really not be a... As big a thing here at RP Gamer for some reason, and I don't really know why, is the PC market. <clears throat> We've got some PC RPGs that 
I know we've got people that are fans of. Glenn, I know you are a big PC RPG person. But. Yeah, more back in the day, but yeah. Yeah, we, you got to admit, there's really not as much out nowadays to really play, and the few things that they did put out aren't really great. <clears throat> I haven't owned a computer that could play modern-day PC games since maybe seven or eight years ago. I just There haven't been enough PC RPGs, exclusives, really yeah. to warrant buying a gaming system for me. Any more well, of them are ported over, so... Yeah. And we mentioned this earlier, it seems like MMORPGs is really what's kind of hogged the PC market. I know there's still people out there that play PC RPGs. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying there's just not as many games out for it just because of that. You know, you've got the whole, you've got two different mindsets to develop for. You can either go cutting edge and hope that people with cutting edge can play, or you can go, you know, lowest common denominator and put something out that looks horrible. So I think a few a few people really have liked the Neverwinter uh, the Neverwinter Nights two game. Neverwinter Nights two is supposed to be really good and really buggy. It was every now and then I always have these PC games on my radar that if this game gets really good reviews, I'll finally buy a gaming PC. And Neverwinter Nights two was one of those games, as was Gothic three. But Neverwinter Nights two, like I heard, was so buggy out of the box that I didn't I never played it. And then Gothic 3 kind of had a similar situation where it was pretty buggy out of the box. So I never played that either. And that's the sad thing with PC RPGs or PC games in general is, you know, the possibility of getting so many bugs. Well, it, it, hurt Gothic, it hurt Gothic 3 also because it came out right around the same time as Oblivion. And its gameplay was a lot like Oblivion, but from what I've read, not as good. So like, Gothic 3 was kind of, you know, it's a very similar but definitely not as good game as Oblivion. So it's kind of like if you played Oblivion and liked it and wanted more, then you would go buy Gothic 3. Yeah, seems fair enough. <clears throat> I'll have to say that the only thing that I had played on there is I actually did take a about a month back to go play Final Fantasy XI uh, Treasures of Ot Ergon, or however you pronounce that. I don't really care. But I went back after a two-year hiatus of Final Fantasy XI and quitting MMOs completely. Went back and played about a month of that expansion when it came out. I believe it came out in April of 06. <clears throat> so I went back and played and unlocked the new jobs and had fun with those for a little while and then quit again. And that's that's the extent of my PC gaming that year. Any of the rest of you played any of the PC stuff at all? Um. We'll probably talk about it later, but I played Final Fantasy Star Universe, though um, I played the Xbox 360 version, which I guess it doesn't matter too much because it's there was a single player mode. Has any of you ever played Fantasy Star Universe? Yeah, no. I played a fair bit of it. Yeah, it's it's a you can play it as a single player game, but it's really an MMO, a very gimped MMO, and it's cl- cross platform. So the Xbox 360 would play. With, you know, I'm pretty sure it would. Would it? I couldn't tell you. The the MMO part? Yeah. Yeah, you can play the MMO part on Xbox Live. No, I'm just saying, was it crossed with PC? I don't think it was crossed with the PlayStation 2. Oh, that I don't know. (coughs) The only thing I can say about it, though, it's neither here nor there about it, is uh, is there was one major problem with that game, and that was that um, it was the same problem that was the same deal with Fantasy Star Online. Is that piracy was incredibly, incredibly bad in it? Incredibly bad. Gar. Yeah. It, so, like half the. Um, what do you mean by piracy? 
uh, people just hacking the game, making items for themselves, hacking their levels, getting rare things that they're not supposed to have. I mean, in an MMO, that's kind of crazy to imagine, but they, I mean, if you, you could visit people's apartments, and they were like, um, you just had to have like a friend, like a, I can't think of the right thing, you just had to know of their room, and you could just visit to it. There wasn't like a physical location where the room was at, you just visited, and it was in, you know, you showed up in a room, however their room was decorated, and they could set up a shop and things like that inside of it. And, uh, the, uh, if half the items that you'd see for selling them were usually hacked, through some means, or people would hack tons of money and then beef themselves up really bad, or so you really couldn't trust anybody or buy anything off of anybody. So it was like a single player game online. Yeah, just just wasn't the, the best experience in the world. So it seemed like a good idea. It just didn't turn out, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, I never went it online because I didn't feel like paying for a crappy game. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> Well, it was a terrible game. The cam the camera was awful. The gameplay itself was pretty lame. Well, I mean, it was the party. The AI was retarded. I mean, people will probably probably get down on me for saying it, but you know, Fantasy Star Online wasn't exactly the most advanced thing in the world. I mean, you just walked up to guys and you had like a strong attack and a weak attack, and it was kind of timing paced on how you do combos. And that's really all the game is, and that's it. I mean, you know, there's some magic and things, but that's all it is. So you just walk around and grind forever. And it takes a long, long time to grind. I mean, a long time. So, <clears throat> overall, you would say you enjoyed a little of it, but... Oh, up for a while. It wasn't a great experience. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest experience in the world. Like, I probably put in at least 100 hours, and I wasn't... I might have been halfway to the highest level. Maybe. You know, and... Okay. You know, for some a game that isn't a full-blown MMO, that is a lot of grinding. Because really all you have to do is just walk in and start whacking things. Yeah, weak attack, strong attack, that just sounds completely dull. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I didn't try that one. And you had to level up your skills for weapons and things, so and those would take ages, and there were there might be uh, like um you had melee weapon skills and bullet skills, which were your ranged weapon skills. And bullet <laughs> skills had um you might have, you know, several, three or four different skills for your bullet skills, and to level up all of them, you would have to dedicate, I mean, dozens of hours to level those up to the strongest level. So, I mean, Grindfest, the entire thing was just a Grindfest. Gotcha. All right, well, <clears throat> what about you, Adrian? Let's combine the PC and the 360 stuff, because three of the four games in the 360 list do overlap. You know, you've got Oblivion, you've got the Final Fantasy XI expansion, Fantasy Star Universe, and Enchanted Arms. Well, your... I, I played all the games in the 360 list except for Final Fantasy XI. Okay. Uh, and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> None of them at all. <laughs> well, we've heard, about Fantasy... Fa we've heard about Fantasy Star Universe and how bad that was. Oblivion bothered the hell out of me for reasons that I've discussed on our forums numerous times, I'm pretty sure. Uh, its leveling up system was ridiculous. Uh, its gameplay was basically a wannabe first-person shooter. Uh, except bad. <laughs> like, worse than a normal first-person shooter. And uh, as for Enchanted Arms, well, don't even get me started on that game. <laughs> Okay, I won't get you started on that game. Before we leave Oblivion, <laughs> I want to hear Glenn. I know you're a, a pro-Oblivion fan, so yeah, let's hear yeah. your opposite you, end of... You kids know. Yeah, I loved Oblivion. 
probably the longest single playthrough of RPG I've ever had. It was, I think my save file is about 120, 130 hours. I'm not the type that usually wastes a long time doing extra content, but yeah. The leveling system in Oblivion is, is funky. I think it helped that I played Morrowind just a couple of years before. Like, I played Morrowind a few years after it came out. So I played Morrowind, and then a couple years later, Oblivion. So I already knew that the, what the leveling system would be and knew that when I made my character, and I think that helped me a lot. But, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was a, I loved that it was a large world. I loved all the quests. I thought the quests were mostly interesting. The problem I had was, kind of ironically, I played Fallout 2 right before playing Oblivion. I played the two games back-to-back. And what bothered me about Oblivion was every quest was so linear. Like, after playing Fallout 2, where every quest was completely open-ended, to hop into a world where the world is gigantic and there are just hundreds of dungeons and all these people and all these quests, but every little piece of it, every little quest was pre-planned for you. And, like, I kept... I would Like, you're supposed to protect someone. And I'd be like, hey, I wonder what happens if I kill them. So you try to kill them, and they're immortal. Like, that, like stuff like that bothers me. I don't like immortal people in games, much less dozens of them in quests. Because Especially no if it's quest open-ended. Huh? Especially if it's open-ended, where you're supposed yeah, to never do yeah. whatever you want to do. So that was my only gripe about the game. It, it didn't run. I, I was playing it on my company laptop, so mm-hmm. I had the settings at lowest, and it didn't run particularly well. So whatever issues people might have with the combat, it was worse for me, but it didn't really bother me that much. Also, I was a summoner, so if I summoned a giant demon lizard, that would make the frame rate even crappier, because it would be, it'd be rendering a giant demon lizard battling with me, with all the other enemies. So I mean, it, it was a me- the combat was a myth, but I just, I, I love, yeah, yeah, I did. I still love the, the big, beautiful world, the sort of thing that not many games try to do. I just, I've gotten really tired of the Japanese RPG, kind of tunish same worlds with its linear path you walk down every single time. So when a game finally opens up and actually becomes a square you're running around instead of a straight line, that's something that it's an easy way to make me fall in love with the game. And Oblivion was a you know, a giant square that you could play in. Okay. I definitely agree with you about the world. The world was really cool, and that's the only thing that kept me playing for the first 20 or so hours. Uh, I quit after about 20 hours just because the combat and the leveling system was frustrating the hell out of me. But, uh, yeah, the world was beautiful. It was incredible to explore it. And uh, But that was really the only thing that the game had going for it. And, honestly, I got a similar experience out of Fable, and I enjoyed the combat and general gameplay a hell of a lot more. Fable 1 or 2? I guess you mean 1, right? I meant Fable 1 in this case, but Fable 2 as well. See, this is a discussion I had with uh, Glenn and Adrian before, too, is, you know, since we're in 2008, my first experience really with what Bethesda did was Fallout 3. And after playing that, you know, I went out and have now bought Oblivion and I'm really looking forward to playing more than just the small hour I played to make sure that it worked because it was a used copy. And, you know, I just like the open-ended world a lot more. It seems like what Bethesda was able to do, I don't know if I'm going to get in there and hate the battle system, because I really didn't mind, you know, going just basic melee combat in Fallout 3, so maybe it won't bother me as much going into Oblivion if I can just take a big sword and hack into things. But just seeing the progression between, you know, Oblivion and then Fallout, and I know they're two different series, but by the same developer, if they could apply some of the stuff they did with Fallout 3 to, like, Elder Scrolls V, I'd be thrilled to death to see how that turns out. Oblivion also felt like a very real world. 
uh, how it was very populated. You know, I, I liked that there were so many people in it that kind of talked to you as you walked by. Sure, each person only had four or five things they would say over and over again. But, you know, like, I like the feeling that you were in a large city with people in it, a world that could really exist, and that you were you in that game, and, like, that you could buy houses. Again, all this kind of applies to Fable too, Adrian, but uh, like, I like I like that part of Western RPGs a lot. And Oblivion was probably one of the largest, most realistic, most lived-in, and, you know, first-person, you were you in the game games I've ever played. Which is why the linear quest bugged the hell out of me. Oh, see, <clears throat> that's understandable on that. Now, moving away from Oblivion, I'd like to hear a little bit about how much you hated Enchanted Arms, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, I picked up Enchanted Arms because, well, there was nothing else on the Xbox to play. <laughs> uh, it looked pretty. That's something I can say in its favor. It was attractive, as video games go. But, let's see, it's the voice acting was god-awful. I mean, it, it's the worst voice acting I've heard since Bait and Kados, and that is saying a lot. What about Chaos Wars? <laughs> Pardon, what was that? What about Chaos Wars? Uh, I haven't actually played Chaos Wars, but we're from what I've seen on the internet... That does come close, but <laughs> doesn't quite manage to beat it. Until you've heard Atsuma's lisp, yeah, you don't know yeah. bad voice acting. I've heard uh, somebody compiled a big audio file of things he said. Like, oh dear. <laughs> Just he is awful. Just awful. Mm. Uh, so as a reviewer, the only game you've given a lower score than Enchanted Arms is Operation Darkness, huh? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. And I have to say, Operation Darkness had better voice acting. <laughs> so but, all um, in all, Enchanted Arms, pretty horrid. <laughs> um, it did have it did have something going for it. Um, the battle system was interesting. It was uh, definitely different. It was a uh, combat took place on a on a two three by four uh, grids, one for your side, one for the enemy side. And you had to sort of position your characters on the grid in order to be able to get in range of attacking them and get out of range of being attacked and things like that. So it, it was kind of interesting in that way, but it had a lot of balance issues, among other things. Like, uh, well, for example, um, there was one place where there was a boss fight where the boss uh, could do retarded amounts of damage, you, there's a good chance that you weren't going to be able to beat this boss going into it. But before the boss is a this basically a pit of no return, uh, where once you go into this area, you can't get back out, and there's a save point inside that little pit. And obviously you're going to save at that spot, right? And there's Ooh. no way to fight any other combat before this boss fight. So going into that boss fight after you save, you either win... Or you restart the game. That sucks. Yeah, it was retarded. Uh, I managed to beat boss eventually. It took me about four or five tries to finally beat him. Eventually, I just uh, decided to power through it as best I could. I just punched up every single most powerful skill I had and blasted him as fast as I could and prayed to God uh, I killed him. And it did manage to work, thankfully. I managed to muddle my way through it, but it was a horrible boss fight. Uh, it had a, a lot of weird systems in there. Uh, the, the way the combat was designed is, uh, it was, al- it was almost mathematical. There was no random elements to it. Whatever your attack power was, it was how much damage you did. Uh, it, like your attack, de- your attack and their defense basically 
they canceled each other out and you did a set amount of damage every single time you attacked. So uh, you always knew exactly how much damage you were going to do, and you could almost like, calculate exactly how the fight was going to go, which was kind of cool in a way. But as the game extends towards the end, it just got it's ridiculous. Just not good. <laughs> it's, no, yeah, it, it's not, not sounding good at all. Really bad random encounters, tons of random encounters. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, a lot of really cliched locations to go to, all based on Japan. Like okay. you, you went to Mount Fuji. For some reason, you went to London. I don't, I don't know exactly why there was a London in here, but there was London. <laughs> no, that's uh, nice and random. Hello, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. And when you finally get to the end, the end was really screwed up because there's a, there's a good ending and a bad ending. The, the bad ending, honestly, I think is the good ending because you get to kill a really <laughs> annoying character. Oh, cool. But uh, if you take the good ending, you have to fight six additional bosses. <laughs> so, yeah, the bad ending does In a row. Like a good ending. <laughs> So bad yeah, ending. so I, I basically said screw it and just took the bad ending and reviewed it. Oh. It wasn't worth it. Well, so it goes. Well, that seems like a good way to wrap up the 360. There really wasn't much of that until <clears throat> just recently either. And I remember looking at Enchanted Arms when it first came out and, you know, wanting it because it was one of the first traditional... RPGs to come out on the 360, and then after reading everything I read about it, and I believe talking to you, talking with you about it, Adrian, I was like, nope, probably not the best idea. So, decision. I think so the, that three, the 360 game of the year was Oblivion, and the PC game of the year was Null because we hadn't played any of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Because uh, Fantasy Star Universe doesn't really count, yeah. unless unless Jonathan wants to give that props. Maybe we could give it to Neverwinter Nights 2, because we heard good stuff about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to Neverwinter Nights 2, because Neverwinter Nights 1 was actually pretty good. Yeah, they, they Neverwinter were... Nights 2 and Gothic 3 were supposedly very well patched. They're probably not as yeah. buggy now. People well, there was, to go back and... There was just a, recently, in like November, there was a Neverwinter Nights 2 expansion. I can't remember what the yeah. name of it was. So. Mm-hmm. It's still alive. Yes. So just that very fact, it wins by default. Uh, so PC Game of the Year 2006 by default, never Winter Nights 2, just because we said this so. This is how we pick Game of the Year, just, <laughs> yeah. just so listeners know. This is how RP Gamer does it. You read other sites, and then we pick what they say are the best games. Ever. We didn't even read other sites in this case. We just picked a list of games and said, well, this sounds good. It wins. <laughs> that name's stupid. Uh, and uh, Wii Game of the Year is going to be Twilight Princess because <laughs> there was the only else. <laughs> you won't let me count Wii Sports. <laughs> and Baton Kaido's Origins seems to win uh, GameCube Game of the Year because nobody played Harvest Moon, and even if you did, it would still win Game of the Year, uh, not Harvest dirt. Moon. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to skip down to the PSP section. I'm sad to say I didn't actually play any of these games for any amount of time. Um. There's only like eight, but I've played just a little, little, little bit of Spectral Souls, and it was has the worst loading time of any PSP game I've ever played. I mean, it's a strategy RPG, and there's loading between the time when you select move, and when you move your character, and it loads some more, and then you can select your action and then it loads some more, and then you perform the action where actual animation, you know, is really heavy. 
and it loads some more. So, yeah. It seems like it could have been good. It's in the spectral world, you know, the world of the spectral, like spectral force games. Neverland card battles, spectral yes. wars. It's the Neverland group of games, but if it hadn't had the horrible loading times, maybe it would have been a little more playable. Uh, Jonathan, any of these? Let's see. The only one I played on this list was Valkyrie Profile. And the only one that I'd probably... I mean, I haven't played any of the other games, but the only games that I would ever consider going back and trying to play or have any interest in is Valkyrie Profile. <laughs> Man, looking at this list, there's... Before I go, go on to anybody else, there's just some really bad games on this list that I've heard horrible things about. Uh, I've heard Blade Dancer is almost unfinishable. Um... Generation of Chaos is just chaotic. I can't remember if Legends of Heroes 2 was the one that... Um, I don't think I've heard of it. I've heard all the Legends of Heroes games are just awful. Well, see, that's not totally true. And that's that's the sad thing. They came out with Legends of Heroes 6 in Japan, and we'll, we'll probably never see it. It's a trilogy, and it's supposed to be really good. Wait, but, no, Legend of Heroes 6 is a trilogy? <laughs> yeah. Legend of Heroes 6, It's um, it's got some Japanese subtitle, Sora no Kiseki, and there's first chapter, second chapter, and third chapter of that game. So yeah, if, if that makes sense at all, <laughs> apparently it is a trilogy. So. so it's basically Legend of Heroes 6-1, Legend of Heroes 6-2, and Legends of Heroes 6-3? <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's all in one game. No, you've got about three separate UMDs for it. <laughs> Enjoy. The third, uh, the third, the, it's actually PC based. It came out on the PC first and they ported it to the PSP. Oh. And they just, I believe in November released the three pack where you could buy them all together. I saw that on Play Asia. It was like 90 bucks. You could buy all three of them together and came with like a, some other special stuff, maybe a soundtrack. But there's uh, at least the first chapter is supposed to be really good. And I've talked to a couple of the U.S. publishers, and they said that, you know, there's a big fat chance of it ever making over here because there are so many characters to translate. It's so dialogue heavy that it just probably will never see the light of day over here, unfortunately. I don't think it helps that all the Legend of Heroes games have bombed so far that have been coming over here. Yeah, so going back to Legends of Heroes 2, it yeah, it didn't seem to do too well either here. I think we have one staff review, and that gave it a, I believe it was Gorn. Sean Kepper gave it a 3 out of 5, and he likes horrible games. I don't know. He likes the Hollow <laughs> too. True. He, he really likes horrible games, so getting a 3 from him... Kind of leads me to believe that it maybe was really, really bad. Now, this uh, on the list too is East uh, Six, uh, the Ark yes. of Napishtim. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned uh, it about I've the same even, as I would. I've never even heard of that game, so I have no clue if that's good or not. I've heard of it. It's had multiple versions. I think they've had a PS2 version, a PC version. Um, the East games, there's a lot of them. And we've got a few reviews for that game up, and it looks like it got a couple fours hmm. and a 2.5. Oh, dear. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of these reviewers on here. I think the one reviewer that I tend to agree with gave it a four, so maybe that's saying something. Said it was easy, took about 7 to 15 hours to get through. Oh, wow, that's pretty short. Hmm. <laughs> 
But, you know, I guess with East coming back with the legend or the legacy of East book one and two here on the DS next year, maybe more people will get into that. And I know there's big East fans out there. Just to make things relative, uh, Gorn gave Astonisha Story a 1.5. So if Legend of Heroes 2 is terrible and got a 3, <laughs> and Astonisha Story got a 1.5, this is probably not something anyone should ever play. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that his um, Astonisha Story review of 1.5 was probably being pretty nice, too. <laughs> I've, I've heard nothing but absolute horror you know, if if I've heard bad things about other games here that I've talked about recently, I've heard even worse stuff about that. So, Was it all from Gorn? No, no, from multiple sources. A few of our uh, prior staff members that had played it. There was even a, I think there was another forum that actually posted a, you know how they, how other forums do like game appreciation threads. Yeah, I think. This was one of the only ones that got a depreciation thread. (laughs) So that's how bad it was, apparently. Well, I'm with you guys. The only game on this list I played for the PSP is Lenneth. I almost bought a PSP just to play Lenneth. It was was a game that in college I had a friend who actually works and writes for the video game industry now full-time. So he does what I do for free, only he makes a living off of it. And he, Valkyrie Profile was one of his favorite games for the PlayStation 1. And, you know, it never sells on eBay for less than $100. So when I heard they were porting it to the PSP, I almost bought a PSP just to play it. And Lineth, I'm, I haven't finished it. I'm actually, I'm playing it right now. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the middle of it. I put it aside for the, review game I'm playing now on the DS, but it's really, it's really good. There have only been two games that I've heard hype about for years, and then finally went out and bought, and then they lived up to the hype, and that would be Tactics Ogre and then Valkyrie Profile Lineth. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm about, I'm about halfway through with it right now, and I haven't touched any of these terrible games. Although, E6, if there were a dearth of video games coming out, I'd be willing to play E6, but the rest of these games in this list look terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that was probably the the bottom two, Valkyrie Profile, Lanneth, and E6, are probably the only two that are really worth touching. Um, I yeah, Lanneth hearing... is really, really good, although I think it's gotten hard to find. I've, I yeah. don't think Square's publishing it anymore. It was one of the first games that I bought when I got my PSP, and I think I bought my PSP early 2007. I mean, it was... So the game was published in 2006, and at the time, to buy a new copy, I think it cost me over retail to buy a new copy of the game. So um, I had to buy it straight from Square Enix. I couldn't find wow. it anywhere else new that wasn't someone hiking up the price and making money off of it. Wow. I got a PSP in December 2007. I got it for Christmas last year. And although I just got around to playing it now, it was one of the first games I got, and I had it sent to me from Square. Wow. Yeah, I also played Lenneth, but uh, I had kind of an opposite experience. Um, I started playing it. I played it for a few hours, and I was just thinking to myself, this this is what I've heard all this hype about. This is well, what people have been raving about for all this time. It's slightly dated. Uh, I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's extremely dated. I yeah. I couldn't stand it. I put it down almost immediately and just I traded it in and never looked back. I have no desire to play it ever again. Especially after VP two. The only problems I'm having with it are that they really fixed up a lot of things in Valkyrie Profile two. Even mm. though VP two is a, another flawed game, but. I got, that's the only thing that's pulling me back about it. That's the only thing I think is dated. If I'd never played Valkyrie Profile 2, Lenneth wouldn't feel dated to me at all. 
Okay. Also, I, I think you might need to give it more than a couple hours. It, Valkyrie yeah. Profile Lineth starts out pretty slow. And you it's have to get... the combat that it was the combat that I didn't like. It had nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah. It was the, uh, well, the, the combat it takes a while to get used to. It's unique, but that might, isn't necessarily a good unique. But what was really interesting to me was the whole uh, storyline for each of the characters. You know, that was the really neat part. And the the modifiable difficulty levels, and you get extra, th- you could get extra story <laughs> and stuff with difficulty levels, and it's fun stuff. I think it was the gameplay that made people love Valkyrie Profile, like the general gameplay, the premise yeah. that you have these chapters and you're timed and you're kind of rescuing souls. I think it was kind of the it was I mean it was oddly open ended for a Japanese RPG. Yeah. That you could kind of do whatever you wanted in the world. I mean I don't think anyone said Lineth is awesome because the battle system blew me away. It's kind of the other stuff. And I think you have to you have to get a, several hours into it before that starts clicking and becoming good. But you're right. I mean the battle system, I didn't think it was terrible, but it was not not very good. I remember playing the original Valkyrie Profile when it first came out. I haven't played the PSP version of it, but I played the original version and just never was able to get into that either. I don't know what it was about it at the time, and I was playing it you know, when it first came out. It was uh, PS1, if I'm remembering. It is. It was the PS1, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was late gen, It was late PS1, like 2000, and they did not make many copies of it, so it became yep. rare immediately. Well, I should have hung on to it, <laughs> even though I didn't like it at the time. Apparently there's so, some super limited edition that goes for fortunes now that I've never even seen a copy of, but mm. yeah, that goes for well over $100. So I think, for better or worse, it looks like Valkyrie Profile Lineth is their PSP game of 2006. Oh, for better, for better. For better. Uh, just one more Adrian side here. Okay. Um, wasn't, uh, I'm just looking at this and see Blade Dancer. Wasn't Blade Dancer a precursor to Valhalla Knights? No, it is the, it is made by the same people that did Dragonair's Aria. Oh, okay, that's what it is. It's a precursor to Dragonair's Aria, which was also terrible. Yes. So, okay. hold on. <laughs> yeah, if you give me two seconds, Blade Dancer, it was, um, NIS America is the one that put this out. Uh, it was developed by Hitmaker. But I just remember hearing, maybe this isn't the review I'm thinking of. Yeah. You think about Sean's review? Sean reviewed yeah. Dragoneer's Aria, too. He reviewed yeah. all these terrible 2004, <laughs> I mean 2006 PSP games. No, the only review we have of it is a reader review. I think we had a staff member that was playing a version of it, and it honestly became unplayable at the end. And I don't know if yeah, that, that was... Uh, uh, that was Billy. That was Billy. Yes, was Billy. That. Okay. So yeah, he got to the end. I don't. It was probably the review copy he was getting. Actually, he he didn't get to the end. He used the save files to get to the end because he couldn't beat several places, as I recall. Oh god. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's and that's why he didn't review the Blade Dancer because it was not that good. So yeah, Hitmaker, and Hitmaker's also the company that is developing a Witch's Tale that's coming out on the DS. Yeah. This is gonna be in, this is gonna be interesting, I think, because they're developing this specifically for a Western audience, and I'm very very curious to see exactly what these people think a Western audience wants. So wait, but if, if they keep the same rate, you know, Blade Dancer was unplayable. Dragoner's area was bad. Maybe Witch's Tale will be good. Is that what comes Maybe. next? And if you had seen the the most recent review we had within IS America, they've changed it from an action RPG now to a traditional RPG. Yeah, and they changed it from a 2008 release date to a Halloween 2009 release date. 
Yeah, so it went back to the drawing board, even though we were never shown actual screenshots, just artwork from the game. So we didn't really know anything about it anyways. But that looks to be the PSP. Anything else on the PSP, guys? I didn't think so. All right. There's one PS3 game listed, and that's Untold Legends Dark Kingdom. Game of the Year. Going reviewed. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Okay, PS3, gone. Yeah, sadly, I didn't. I don't. I still don't have a PS3. Yeah, um, I think never. I will. I think I'm gonna have one in two days. Um, so maybe that'll be good. But I still don't think I'm gonna go back and play Untold Legends. I have. Um, actually, I know I'm getting a PS3 in two more days on Christmas. So I've already got. Did someone uh, peek at their presents? Yeah, I've already got uh, Valkyria Chronicles and Metal Gear Solid Four staring me down. So I've got to play both of those first. And I'm never going to go back and play Untold Legends. Nobody's played Untold Legends? Nope. Uh, I don't even own a PS3. Gorn has. <laughs> okay, anybody on here? No? Game of the Year! Okay, game PS3 year. Game of the Year, it wins. PS3 <laughs> Game of the Year. He had to say PS3. Oh, no, no. Overall Game of the Year. And we've saved the biggest and best for last, the PS2. Still going strong in 2008 and into 2009, but we're going back a couple years to 2006. Let's Which go is probably down. its last really huge year, actually, I think. It's definitely a pretty big year for what it had on there. Um, Jonathan, we'll start with you since you might have a shorter list than the rest of us. What uh, games have you played out of this list? It's really short because I didn't own a PS2 in 2006. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I do own Valkyrie Profile 2 and Wild Arms 4, but currently I do not have a PS2. It I, I loaned it to my brother who's had it for like a year, but... uh. So I haven't been able to go back and play them. So, Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just count you out on this end. Yay. And <laughs> thank you, Jonathan, for your participation. Just hold that record <laughs> button for the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah. I do what I can. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Uh, Adrian, what about you? Let's run down this list of what you've played. I've got a fairly lengthy list out of this one. Um, I've played uh, .hack GU Volume 1, uh, Final Fantasy XII, Grandia 3, Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, Steambot Chronicles, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner, uh, Tales of Legendia, Tales of the Abyss, Valkyrie Profile 2 Silmaria, and Wild Arms 4. Wow, okay. Uh, before we go back to your list, Glenn, let's get you to do a rundown for us real quick. Disgaea 2, Final Fantasy 12, Devil Summoner, Suikoden 5, Tales of Legendia, Tales of the Abyss, Valkyrie Profile 2. Okay. I've played just a little bit of Hack G Volume 1, um, Dirge of Cerberus, played all the way through. That's uh, an RPG? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I didn't notice this was on the list. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Oh, wait. You can't fire me. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy XII, Grandia Three, Kingdom Hearts Two, uh, no, no, no. Shadow Hearts from the New World. A little bit of Suikoden 5, which I really want to get into but haven't. A, a tiny, tiny bit of Tales of the Abyss. Uh, Wild Arms 4 a little bit. And completely through Xenosaga Episode 3. Not even going to try the German subtitle. All right, so uh, I think we've got a little bit shorter list on Glenn's end. What uh, what would you say are your highlights of this year? Okay, so PS2 2006. 
the way I remember that year was I thought it was a lot of mediocre, flawed RPGs. It was a lot of RPGs that could have been great and instead had some horrible flaw and then they were just good or less. 2006 was the year that drove me to RP Gamer because I was trying to use mainstream sites to pick between some of these games and trying to guess based off what they said from pros and cons what I'd like best. Mm-hmm. And they completely misled me. Like this was not a good year for RPGs for me on the PS2. And that was why eventually I started going off the mainstream sites and started reading various RPG only sites. And I'd already, I'd already looked at RPG Gamer some over the years, but this was the year that drove me that I realized, I read, read these reviews and realized I agreed with them more. And that kind of led to me eventually checking the site more often. Okay. So, so Glenn, yeah. you, you just got hired on this year in 2008, right? Yes. yes and sure. Adrian, uh, John, I got hired on midway through 2007. 2007. You were 2007 too, right, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Okay. So I guess I was the only one here in 2006. Yeah. So I didn't this, really... this was the year that um, GameSpot and IGN horribly let me down, and I bought games that I felt like I wasted money on. When, like which uh, I had which ones stuff. out of this list? That's what I want to know. What out of this list did they mislead you on? <laughs> um, well, really, all this ranting is really just Tales of Legendia, which some horrible person in the forums recently called the best Tales game ever made. <laughs> God, I, I saw <laughs> that. I, <laughs> yeah, I saw, saw your reply, Adrian. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I've heard that from multiple people. Like, I bought Tales of Legendia, and it is one of the worst games I've ever played. I couldn't finish it. I, I can't agree with you there. I don't think it's the, one of the worst games I've ever played, but it definitely isn't the highlight of the Tales series. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, could, I couldn't stand it. And it came at a time when I had lots of better games to play. Okay. But uh, as for the other games on here, I mean, they're just, they're all mediocre. Like, Disgaea okay. 2 disappointed me, because I wanted something better than Disgaea, and it, it wasn't. And Final Fantasy twelve, would probably be my favorite PS2 game of this year, was a very, very good game. I'm okay with people calling it a masterpiece, but it was also a very, very flawed game in ways that have been discussed on the internet far more than I need to go into now. Okay. Devil Summoner is my least favorite Shin Megami Tensei game, and I played... All of them since Nocturne, and I've played Persona 2. Devil Summoner was the only one that... It started out really good, but again, it just it had some flaws, and it got really boring to me. And it is... I finished it, but it is my least favorite Shin Megami Tensei game or spinoff. Uh, Soikoden 5, again, I was hoping for something better than Soikoden 3, and it wasn't. Valkyrie Profile 2 was a, a really, really good game that had difficulty spikes that wrecked it. Just... The, when I think of bad difficulty spikes in a game, I still just think of Silmaria. Just a, a game that I really like the plot. I really like the battle system. I thought it was beautiful. I think it was one of the best-looking PS2 RPGs in 3D. I, I'd say 3D, so Odin Sphere can still count. And <laughs> just the difficulty spikes made it almost unplayable. I mean, the That's... bosses were ridiculous. I, I didn't. I got to the final boss, and he schooled me so bad that I didn't feel like grinding more. I was like, well, I've seen enough of the plot. Like, I've seen the final boss. It was definitely the final boss. I'm going to guess how the ending sequence plays out and never touch <laughs> this game again. Hmm. And uh, so. Tales of the Abyss... I like Tales of the Abyss, except, again, it, it had this thing where the pacing was horrible. It would just... It would pack lots of excellent plot and gameplay in, like, a four-hour sequence. And then there'd be a ten-hour sequence where you do fetch quests across the world, and it's boring as hell. So, yeah, that, that's my rundown. All these games were were good, but flawed. And I would say Final Fantasy XII was, was the best of the okay. group. Okay. I'll pick, pick the two best and the two worst, or two most disappointing for the year. Me? For, for the PS2? Yes. I would say Final Fantasy XII was the best and Valkyrie Profile 2 second best. 
Okay. Legendia is a horrible, horrible game. And I would say, it hurts me to say this because I love Atlas and Shimigami Tensei, but I would call Devil Summoner the second worst game. Okay. All right. Adrian, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the year for you? You had a big old list of stuff. Yeah, I had a massive list. I played a lot of PS2 games. Uh, or I could go so first because I've played right, yeah, Why don't you go first? Sure, I've played a little less than you. I'll go through and just kind of sum this up real quick. Um, I'll touch on games that Glenn didn't really touch on. Uh, Surge of Durbaris, or Durge of Cerberus, sorry, my dyslexia kicking in. Not an RPG. Not an yeah. RPG. <laughs> no, and I can totally see that. You know, it's a third-person shooter with hit points. So just the fact that we covered it, it was Final Fantasy VII tie-in. You know, I can't really say it was the most disappointing because I wasn't really expecting much. And it was actually better than I expected because I was expecting a big pile of garbage and I just got a semi-stinky pile of garbage. So it was more entertaining than I expected, but eh. Grandia 3, I really enjoyed the uh, the plot for the first part of the game which just kind of fell apart and went completely downhill in the second half. And I really loved Grandia 2's plot and characters and dialogue and everything about Grandia 2. So Grandia 3 was a little bit of a disappointment. Though the battle system was fantastic, it did kind of get old after a while because it it took forever to do anything, and it seemed like there were a lot of battles. Kingdom Hearts 2 made me a Kingdom Hearts hater after being a Kingdom Hearts fan of Kingdom Hearts (laughs) So I'll just say that I thought, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 seemed like a direct-to-DVD sequel to Kingdom Hearts 1 (laughs) because it seemed like they just took, you know, a lot of the direct-to-DVD sequels that they had out there and stuck in a few extra things like Pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, Steamboat Willie and then made you go through the game once and then go through it twice. And I just absolutely loathed Kingdom Hearts 2. Gameplay improvements aside, I still couldn't find much redeeming about it. Uh, I didn't really touch enough of Suikoden, Shadow Hearts, or Wild Arms 4 to really give anything on. But I've got to give credit to Xenosaga Episode 3. This is one game in the series I really, really, really want to touch on. Because Kingdom uh, Xenogears 1 was a great game, had a great story. Uh, I thought the gameplay was horrible, and it did have a bit too long on the cutscenes that would turn most people off. It didn't bother me a bit, because I I, I don't care if the cutscenes are an hour or two hours. I, I like that kind of thing. So it didn't bother me as much. Xenogears 2 was a complete and utter disaster in my mind. It seemed just... You mean Xenosaga. Like Xenos... Yeah, sorry. Xenosaga Episode 2 seemed more like just filler... You know, just a few hours of filler, and it didn't really seem to go anywhere. I didn't like much at all about it. But Xenosaga Episode 3 did everything right, with a few exceptions. Uh, the, the biggest exception is that you really had to have played the first two to really get as much out of it. They could do all the summations, story summations in the world, but you didn't really get a good feel of it unless you'd played the first two. And they removed all of the blood from the game. And that was the biggest problem that I had. There was this one really dramatic scene that could have been really cool where this character's just been stabbed by these monsters and they're bleeding to death. And this little girl comes in and is catching, you know, the blood in her hands, but there's nothing there. I mean, they didn't even, they didn't make it a different color. She's just catching this blood and it's, it doesn't exist. They've removed it completely. And that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in an RPG. So. 
other than the censorship problems, I thought the story pacing was great. The combat was great. Uh, just everything about it I really loved and wished that they could have done – made this game, you know, wish this one had been the start and they had followed the same pattern throughout instead of changing. But I guess they had more changes because half the staff had left by the time they got around to Episode 3, so it was a completely new staff. So in summation, I'd say my disappointments of the year were Grandia 3 and most of all Kingdom Hearts 2. And my top two of the year would be uh, Xenosaga Episode 3 and Final Fantasy 12. I really love Final Fantasy 12, by the way. You're allowed to. That's okay. <clears throat> it's it's probably one of my favorite Final Fantasies to date. No, you're not allowed to say that. What I am. You? I... I you know, the story was an absolute mess. Uh, there was really no focus whatsoever. It seemed like it was just combat-based more so than anything. The combat-to-story ratio wasn't there. You know, it's like you said, the things that have been debated forever and ever and ever. But I just – I love the gameplay so much that I'd love to see that gameplay used again. So that's where I stand on Final Fantasy XII. Adrian? All yours. All right, well, I'll try to summate some of the stuff that's already been covered as much as I can, but I'll go into more detail on the ones that haven't been discussed. Uh, let's start off with .hackGU. I love .hackGU. Um, I love it so much I use a character from .hackGU as my forum avatar. Uh, it is a extremely underrated game. Uh, underrated series, in fact. Uh it it does have its flaws. There are there are problems here and there with it. Like the ga- the gameplay can be, I suppose, repetitive if some people find it that way. I I thought it was a lot of fun. But uh, what I really love about the game is the story and the way the story is told. Um, what makes Dot Hack so interesting is that it's a game within a game. It's uh, an RPG that takes place within an MMO uh, within an MMO, and uh, you use things that we take for granted every day to tell the story. Um, Web forums, uh, talking to people in MMOs, uh, email, things like that. And it's it's just a really clever way to tell a story, and it works really well. And uh, this is obviously the second .hack series, the first .hack series being the uh, Infection series, which I've played a little bit of, and I found the gameplay to be extremely poorly done. Um, .hack GU... Took basically, it, it took what the original Die Hack series did and made it infinitely better, and it's one of my favorite games now. See, that's good because I played the first four, the original four Die Hack games, and they were very, very just kind of shallow. The story was cool, and that's what really brought me in too because it was the same the story MMO. In, the story in G, uh, the story in GU seems to be a lot better from what I can see. Um, honestly, I never liked Kite as a hero. Yeah, I've got all three. Theo is so much better. I've got all three of the GUs. I just haven't gone back and played them yet. They're st- sitting there yeah. staring at me, mocking me. <laughs> well, I highly recommend people play the .hack GU series because it's quite underrated. The obvi- obviously, the uh, biggest thing people have an issue with is the fact that it's a trilogy and each game costs fifty dollars, uh, which I suppose is definitely a definitely a drawback. But um, the .hack GU series significantly increased the amount of gameplay in it. Uh, each game is roughly 30 hours long, which is a pretty decent length for a game these days. So I never found it to be a value problem. I got plenty of play out of both, uh, out of all three games. So I, I got my money's worth. Um, let's see, Final Fantasy XII, I feel the same way Mac did. It had some, 
a few issues, but I loved it. I absolutely loved the game. <laughs> uh, Grandia 3, again, a lot of the similar problems with Mac uh, as Mac had. I never actually beat the game. I came, I got to the final dungeon, I think, and I just stopped playing. It just I don't got, blame you. The, ba- the battles <laughs> got excessive, the boss fights got ridiculous, and I just said, screw it. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, I could not disagree with more about Ma- uh, with Mac. I loved <laughs> I, I loved Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, it obviously did have problems, and I definitely agree about the uh, the Disney stuff. The Disney stuff was awful. Um, they screwed that up royally. After what they did with Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, integrating masterful. the Disney stuff. It, it was, was ma- absolutely masterful. It was, ma- it, was masterful. it was masterful. The story in Kingdom Hearts 1 was excellent. It was terrific. And honestly... The stuff not relating to Disney and Kingdom Hearts 2, I thought was good. It was great. I li- I enjoyed it thoroughly. But the Disney stuff, for the most part, was awful. There were two exceptions to the Disney things. One was the black and white Steamboat Willie World. That was right. awesome. I loved that. And the other exception was Tron. Tron. Oh, God. Yeah, I did forget about Tron. Tron was pretty good. Yeah, the Those fact were the that two got- exceptions to the Disney worlds. The fact that they got Bruce Boxleitner to come back in there and do the voice, too, was really cool, too. <laughs> it, w- it was a great... Uh, those two levels were awesome. By far my favorite in that game. Uh, and all the non-Disney storyline was great. And I could put up with the other Disney storyline stuff because the gameplay was so much fun. They improved it a ton from the original Kingdom Hearts. And that really that really made me happy because the Kingdom Hearts 1 gameplay had a lot of issues. Most of which was the camera. The camera was awful. Yeah, I hear clicking and typing. I don't know if somebody's like trimming their toenails or something. <laughs> uh, just hold on a second. One second, <laughs> I, sorry. Okay. When I'm not talking, so it can't be me. Dun dun dun. So while we're filling the void of everyone leaving, <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody's gone now. But uh, <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. I haven't played. That was kind of that was the that was part of my bitterness and spite with Tales of Legendia was. I you know I considered Kingdom Hearts two and then never played it because it sounded mediocre mm-hmm. and I considered um, Shadow Hearts three and then didn't because it sounded mediocre so I was kind of trying to pick between all these mediocre games and that was kind of I guess since I didn't elaborate earlier that was where I felt betrayed when I got Legendia right when it came out based off mainstream reviews and then didn't like it at all it kind of it scared me away from those like I've never gone back and played Kingdom Hearts two or Grandia three or Shadow Hearts three. Or the other one I named because <laughs> I hated Legendia so much, and Legendia got higher scores in all those games. Oh man! Well, Grandia Three, the battle system was fun. It was something that was interesting to go into. You know, the combo, the aerial-based combos you could do were fun, but it really did get long and drawn out, especially towards the end. Just like Adrian said, the the last dungeon was an absolute nightmare. And you know, I've already spoken my heart about Kingdom Hearts. I could care less about that. Uh, but I'd really like to give more time into Shadow Hearts from the New World. the The whole premise of that just seems really cool. It seems, you know. Did you just, play Covenant? No, I hadn't played any of the Shadow Hearts games. You do? Wait, do you already own Tales from the New World? Uh, from the New World, I do. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was called Tales from the New World. Is it just from the New World? Just from the New World. Uh, Tales of the New World. That's the Tales game. No, that's Dawn of the New yeah, World. Yeah, I'm just I'm combining them all now. There's all New World games, but Shadow Hearts from the New World is apparently... Covenant was really good. Shadow Hearts 2 was a very good game. I just That was when I heard that Shadow Hearts 3 wasn't quite as good. I kind of got over playing sequels that aren't as good as the original. I'd rather just go play the original. Right. But, 
you know, that's something unique in there, and it gives you an idea. And I'd really like to go back and play more of Suikoden 5. How much did you play of Suikoden 5? I finished it. Finished it completely? No, I didn't like... I didn't it's like the last game I played before you kids hired me, so uh, <laughs> it's, <a> good, <laughs> it's one of the thing. last games I played on the PS2 for fun. Yeah, it's a good thing because you wouldn't have had more fun. Um, I, I didn't care. For, I didn't care for uh, Suikoden Three. I loved One and Two, and everything I'd read said it was kind of more of a throwback to One and Two than it was of Three. So mm-hmm. it's still on my upcoming list to play, but I keep getting other things in front of it, like Persona Four and. Three didn't quite live up to the hype for me. I'd heard a lot of good things about it before I borrowed it from a friend and played it. I mean, it was fun enough that I did go back and play five. Or, sorry, did buy five. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I didn't think three was the best thing ever. And then yeah. five was a little, little worse <laughs> than three. And I think everybody just kind of skips over four because it seems like a big <laughs> black mark on the series. There is no four. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think... Overall, the one the one game out of the list that I do not have and would like to give a shot just to see how it is would be the Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner. But, you know, even with you loving the series and Atlas and not loving that one kind of gives me pause. Oh, you can you want, you want can borrow mine if you want. I'll send it to you. I'd prefer if you give it back because I, <laughs> I collect Shin Megami Tensei games. But. Well, I probably would too, so I'm probably better off just hunting it down and seeing if I like it or seeing if I can hunt it down. So, I think, Adrian, you're back, right? You want to give us a yeah. Why don't I run down to the here. rest of the stuff? Okay. All right, moving on to the next one. I think the next one was uh, Devil Summoner, actually, what you were just talking about. Um, yeah, good I transition. Didn't play a, I didn't play a lot of Devil Summoner, actually. I only played about four or five hours of it, and it just it really didn't interest me. I, it felt like a really bad action RPG. It was cramp. That's the only way I can describe it. Cramp. Is it easy? <laughs> Is it easy? <laughs> it didn't seem hard, that's for sure, but it seemed cramped. It was like, it, it was like trying to fight something in a closet. It, yeah. <laughs> you oh, couldn't move anywhere. When I was listing reasons why I hated Valhalla Knights 2, one of the things I cited was Valhalla Knights 2 had a cramped fighting space, almost as bad as Devil Summoner. Devil Summoner was the worst. Oh, God. Yeah, is it, it was, is it hard or is it easy? <laughs> I didn't play enough of it to really say, so... I, I didn't have any trouble with it, Mac. Okay. Well, I've heard it's one of the easiest Shin Megami Tensei games, though, so... Yeah, that's the truth. Is there an easy mode where I can play on it in easy, like I did Persona 3? And am Persona 4? I don't remember. Okay. Okay, uh, I also played Steambot Chronicles, which How is one of the... How was that? That was an interesting game. Um, I never actually beat it. I... Stopped playing it at some point for one reason or another. I think uh, another game came out and I started playing that. And uh, when I went back into it, I kind of forgot where I was and where I had to go. So I just never picked it up again. I've heard it described as uh, really sandbox style. It is. It, it's a, It's the strangest. I, I can honestly say it's one of the strangest games I've ever played. It's, it's, it's not even really an RPG. It's got some sort of Zelda sort of qualities to it, but it's... Just bizarre. You go around this little world and you're a steambot. It's like a ro- steampunk robotic thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a walking <laughs> machine. It's, it's almost like a, a Star Wars walking, like an AT-AT or something like that. I don't know. But uh, and you you fight with it every now and then. Although for the honest, honestly, the the combat is not the highlight of the game at all. The the funnest part about it is just going around doing really stupid things. Uh, 
playing <laughs> musical instruments for no particular reason, collecting really ridiculous-looking outfits and dressing up in them. <laughs> wow. Uh, and it's got an interesting little story to go along with it, interesting little characters. You're, the main, the part of the story is that you're uh, in a band, this weird little band, and you go around touring. Uh, and it's... Uh, it, all the characters are named after spices for some reason. Like, the main character's name is Vanilla Bean. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Overall, yeah, would you recommend it? Um, It's a quirky game. It's got some really poor technical issues. It's got a oh. abysmal frame rate and uh, other problems like that. And it's kind of weird. It's, it's one of those games that you might like, you might not. It depends on what kind of... Uh, how ridiculous you're willing to, uh, to let your games be. It's definitely non-traditional, definitely something that's not going to be for everybody, but I had I had a fair bit of fun with the time I played with it, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that's it. That's to... exactly what I'd heard about it, too. I'd heard that it was worth playing, but to keep expectations tempered. I don't I don't own it, I've never played it, but that's... Um, Steebot Chronicles and Grim Grimoire are the last two PS2 games I plan to buy at some point and try. I do want to play this game at some point. Yeah. But what I've heard about it is exactly what you just said. But I heard that yeah, it was at, worth worth attempting. At the very least, it's an kind of adorable little game. It's just it's it's quirky and fun. That's all I can really say about it. And see, that's the kind of description I was given on like you know Rocket Slime, and I loved Rocket Slime. So maybe quirky and fun is what I need. Maybe I'll hunt that down instead yeah. of Devil Summoner. <laughs> that probably uh, would work out well for you. <laughs> yeah. Next was uh, Tales of Legendia. Which dun, dun, obviously dun. a lot of people really hated. Um, I didn't mind it as much as a lot of people did. It's definitely the worst Tales game I've ever played. But I didn't think it was awful the way Glenn did. Um, it its story amused me. I like I like the story. I like the characters. Um, I I really liked the uh, yeah the storyline in particular. I thought was one of the best Tales plot lines that I've encountered. It it worked. A lot better than a lot of other Tales plot lines. Uh, however, the gameplay was atrocious. It really was bad. The battle system was like a really bad fighting game. It was awkward. The controls didn't really feel right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a pretty enough game, though. It was pretty. Uh, the graphics were cool. I, I liked the sort of uh, stylized graphics they had. It almost looked like sprites, except in 3D, which is... Uh, was it was different? It was interesting to see that. Okay. Um, what else was there? Uh, the dungeons were terribly plotted. That's one thing for sure. Um, there was uh, long stretches of corridors and things like that with nothing to do in them. Just encounter random battles and fight them. The world map was awful. It it looked pretty cool, but it was impossible to navigate in any effective way. Yeah. Um, the overall concept of the game, though, was solid, and uh, I think if the, you put Classic Tales gameplay into that plotline, it could have been a really good game, but uh, on the whole, it just didn't work out as well as it could have. Okay. Let's see. What else uh, is on your list? Next up was Tales of the Abyss, which was significantly better than Legendia. Also had an excellent plotline, excellent characters. Um, like Glenn said, the pacing was really bad at the end. Um, there was a lot of running back and forth and stuff like that, but I've sort of come to expect that from Tales games now, because all Tales games have a lot of running back and forth between distant locations towards the end of the game. It's just something they do. And <laughs> that was like the last two thirds of the game. I thought did that. 
Yeah, the 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 last ha- the last part of the Tales games are always very plot heavy. Uh, a lot of stuff goes on. Um, I I still like the game. Um, I thought the characters were excellent. Um, Luke was probably one of my favorite Tales heroes so far. Actually, I think he is my favorite Tales hero. Uh, he just evolved so well, and he was such a different hero from what you normally expect from games like that. He uh, was almost the exact opposite. He was a spoiled rich kid who was, uh, you just, at the very beginning of the game, you just could not stand. You just wanted to punch the little bastard. <laughs> but uh, as the game goes on, you just, he grows on you, and uh, you start to realize that he's not that bad a guy at all, and it's it's just done really well. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. The I thought the the as the gameplay pacing got horrible, I thought the plot got much better. In the beginning, I didn't like that you start the the first large part of the game is you being chased by these six god generals. And it's very stereotypical Japanese RPG where they're always a step ahead of you, and there's really no explanation for how. Like you defeat them, and then you sprint somewhere as fast as you can, and then they're there, and then you hop in a plane and fly somewhere else, and then they're there. It's like that, that, that kind of thing. When you're trying to get into a game, I, I find that a roadblock, that that block to realism. But at, yeah, that that's, kinda, that's true of all JRPGs, though. Really, but, I mean, that kind of stops at one point, like maybe about a third of the way through the game, and it becomes more about, like you said, like about Luke and about the characters, and it becomes the plot becomes very good. Then I, I did like the one plot. thing I can it say was, about the game is the ending was fantastic. I loved the ending. The ending sequence was one of the best in the Tales series, in my opinion. Well, that's good. It was uh, extremely well done. It was uh, it's it's both tragic and heartwarming at the same time, which is something that not a lot of games can accomplish. Nice. Like in Enchanted Arms, when you said you got the bad ending and someone died, and it warmed your heart because you hated the voice actor. Oh, I just hated. I hated everyone in Enchanted Arms. They were all awful characters. (laughs) I wanted, except for Mikado. I, I will say, Mikado. Is awesome. I mean, a, a gay saxophone playing pretty boy. That, that's just awesome. Won't, won't, won't. Very cool. Uh, anyway, right. moving on. Let's um, run Valkyrie. Let's wrap up this year. Okay, uh, there's only two more games on my list. Uh, okay. Valkyrie Profile 2. Um, Glenn pretty much covered everything I had to say about that game. Ridiculous difficulty spikes. The difficulty spikes were absolutely horrendous and made the game pretty much unplayable for me. Um, Thank at one you, point, Trice. Gotta love at, Trice. Yeah, Trice is pretty infamous for that. But uh, the best games I've played from Trice don't do that. Um, Friday Out of Stories and Star Ocean 1. Neither game had tremendous difficulty spikes like that, and they're the two best games I've played from that company. Uh, but all things considered, it was a decent game with a cool plot and gorgeous graphics. Um, I really liked the opening sequence of that game um, with Silmaria and Alicia sort of talking back and forth to herself. I thought that was done really well. Uh, I think, um, I can't remember, if, no, actually, you know, it did remind me actually of uh, The Two Towers, the movie The Two Towers with the uh, golems talking back and forth with himself in the mirror. It's, uh, it's a really cool effect. Oh, cool. Uh, last game on the list is actually one of my favorites from that year. It was Wild Arms 4. Um, that was the first Wild Arms game I'd played. And to the, to date, the only one I've completed because, um, honestly, none of the other ones are any good. <laughs> uh, I tried playing Wild Arms three. I tried playing Wild Arms Ultra Code F, and Ooh. I have Wild Arms five, and I've tried playing it, and none of them 
none of them can hold up to Wild Arms 4. Wild Arms 4 is fantastic. It is the pinnacle of the series. Now, I've played 1 and 2. Have you played, you hadn't played 1 and 2 at all? I played Alter Code F, which is a remake. Of yeah, Alter Code F is horrible and is nothing like Part 1. It, I mean, it totally... Uh, oh, it's so horrible. It's absolutely not even close to what Part well, 1 was. What really drove me nuts with both Part uh, Alter Code F and Wild Arms 3 mm-hmm. is that the battle system was incredibly generic, and that is one thing I cannot stand in games. I cannot handle ra- uh, generic battle systems. Um, yeah. That's the one thing I refuse to play. If if a game has a generic battle system, it will always receive a low score for me, if I even play it, because <laughs> there's no ex- there's no excuse for that. The combat is the one thing you spend most of your time doing. Do something interesting with it. Yeah. That, that's all I can say. Wild Arms 4 brought in the Hex battle system. Hex was amazing. It had incredible boss fights that, honestly, I still remember to this day. Um, they're as some of the best boss fights I've ever had. Uh, just so well done, almost like puzzles, because that's just the way the battle system was designed. Um, the platforming was awesome. The story, uh, the characters are interesting. The story was good. Uh, just all in all, that was one of my favorite games that year, and that actually kind of surprised me because I just picked it up on a whim when I didn't have anything else to play. Oh, cool. So, looking at the year overall, what would be your two most disappointing and your two favorite? Disappointing, I would say Valkyrie Profile 2 and Tales of Legendia. Those were both heartfelt disappointments for me. Um, I was expecting a lot from both of them, and I didn't get anything. Well, that's not true. I I did get some things, but not as much as I was hoping. Um, As for my two best games, honestly, that's one of the hardest decisions I can possibly make at this point, Mm -hmm. because I absolutely loved Kingdom Hearts 2, Final Fantasy XII, .hack, GU, Wild Arms 4, and Tales of the Abyss. All all five of those games were fantastic in my eyes, and I really, it's hard to pick one of them. Um, if I had to pick two, I would probably say Final Fantasy XII and Kingdom Hearts 2 because overall they felt the most polished. That's okay. the best thing I can say about it. Well, I think that vote right there just gave Final Fantasy XII best PS2 RPG of 2006. Yeah, it did. As it was in their top two for all three of us across the board. So, it looks like we've run down the whole list, and I think it would take way too much time to go back and do little individual, you know, best story, best all that, because we really don't have a good basis for that. But to kind of wrap us up for the year, maybe if we could each go through and, you know, we've done it for each of these games individually, what what about picking a best three overall for the year? Do you think that's something we could do? What about you, Glenn? you think you could pick your top three of the year? I can get two for sure. I'm scanning for a third while you're talking. Okay. So uh, I, was... I can I can, I can go ahead while you're thinking about it. Now that you all have an idea of what we're going to do here, I I have to say probably number three for me would be Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime. Um, even though I didn't play it in 2006, looking back now, out of all the games that were released that year, that was the one that really stood out for me as being the most you know addictive, something I could just get into and you know, do some mindless playing of and really enjoyed, and I didn't expect that. And other than that, I'd have to go with, you know, my other PS2 games. I'd have to say number two would be Xenosaga Episode 3, and if it had had, you know, a little bit more, if it had been, you know, a standalone game, which, you know, technically you can't play it standalone, but it really doesn't give the same impact, and, you know, had had the blood in there that it was supposed to have, and just the things that they censored out of it, 
or at least touched up to where it didn't look ridiculous. I, I think that could have easily been number one for me because it was a, such a solid game. So I'd have to say overall for me, kind of cliche, but I'd have to go with Final Fantasy XII. Um, I did enjoy it from the first time I played the battle system in the demo that came with Dragon Quest VIII. You know, a lot of people hated that demo. That's what brought me to RP Gamer was, you know, debating with Wonderslime back and forth about how he hated the demo, thought it was horrible, and how much I loved the demo and was looking forward to the game. And when I actually got the game, you know, the battle system was so much fun, it didn't disappoint me because, you know, even with the story being kind of ho-hum, it was enough to really get me through it. So If I could just break in with a little aside here real quickly, um, just a bit of irony. I actually enjoyed the demo for Final Fantasy XII in Dragon Quest Eight, then Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> you enjoyed it more than Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> yes, I, I like the demo more than Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I guess that's understandable. You know, it's a good battle system, and that's all you got to play of it was just a little bit of the battle system. So, and you must have really hated Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> all right, Glenn, do you have your three now? Yeah, yeah, sure. For number three, I will do Final Fantasy Twelve. Um, Lineth might beat that out by the time I finish it, but as it is right now, I'm only about halfway through Lineth, so I would give 12 number 3. Uh, for 1 and 2, both of which I liked a lot more than Final Fantasy 12, would be uh, Idra Union and Oblivion, both of which are, uh, I don't know, I guess if I made a list of like best 15 video games I'd ever played in my life, Idra Union and Oblivion would probably both be in there. I probably would say, I'd probably put Oblivion on top, but that's more my personal preference of preferring Western RPGs that are well done to anything else. So I would say Oblivion number one, then Yggdra Union, and then Final Fantasy twelve. Okay. All right, Jonathan, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still <laughs> here. To... I'm there. Do you do you feel good enough to give us a a top three for the year? But I didn't play much more than that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well. Just don't say Fantasy Star Universe is one of your oh, top no. three. You're good. If, if I had can a you, pick of the ones I had you, to play, it would probably be um, Idra Union and probably Valkyrie Profile Lineth. Those are, and I, I don't think you guys would probably argue with the quality of those games. So, but those are really good. I enjoyed those a lot. Okay, very good. And let's finish with you, Adrian. Uh, number three, I'd say, would have to be Kingdom Hearts Two. Um, despite the Disney problems, I loved the game. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the next installments of the Kingdom Hearts series. I thought it was a, a great game and a great second installment. Okay. Uh, number two, I'd probably give to Twilight Princess. Like I said, oh. that is the best Zelda game I've played since uh, since Ocarina of Time, and I absolutely loved it. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, that's number two for me. And number th- number one is unquestionably Final Fantasy XII. There's no denying that. That was an amazing game. Okay, excellent. So it looks like overall our game of the year is going to go to Final Fantasy XII. And we have a second-place runner-up of Idri Union. Other than that, it looks like you know it's a toss-up between some other stuff, but those are... Our number one and number two of the year, at least according to this panel, because they got enough votes, and I don't think we can really argue with those. Well, guys, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today, and uh, thank you to Jonathan for taking the time to edit this after the fact. And is there anything else you'd like to add about 2006 before we head out for the day? 
All right. Well, <laughs> guess not. So, we said enough in the last two hours. Yes, indeed. So, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, feel free to email us at backtrack at rpgamer.com or just chat with us on the forums. And please just add in any comments. We'd love to, you know, pick up your obscure games and talk about those obscure games that everybody's wanting us to talk about and that seems to comprise most of our forum, you know, replies or, well, you need to talk about this game. We'd love to, but chances are we don't have enough people to really do that. And unless, you know, you're a person that can handle an hour and a half talking about a game by themselves, there's probably not much we can do for you. So we'll try to pick up games as we can. A lot of them will probably be a little more mainstream unless we've got just a good mix and match of people. But um, either way, thank you all for listening, and thanks to our cast for joining us. And Sorry, we'll Jimmy Sin. I'm sure Super Robot Tyson is amazing. <laughs> send, me, send me your copies, and I'll play them, I promise, and I'll talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's it for this year. Uh, as we end 2008 talking about 2006 and thank you all stay tuned for the next episode in 2009